Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the Bowser Civic, the location of which we will never reveal where we like. No, but once again, um, we're not. People can usually tell from the audio. Um, yeah, we're not coming from, from the from the filthy story. The filthy storeroom has a unique, um, just wonderful acoustics. It does. The, 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 the filth acoustics, really adds to it. It really muffles the echo with yeah. when there's filth, like literally all over the walls, the floor, you know, and the ceiling. Um, you know, people spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get that that sort of you know soft soft surface effect and it's yeah, yeah. just built up over time just just organically yeah 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 sort of like a bacteria or a fungus which yeah. also is plentiful in the uh in the filthiest <laughs> storeroom um yeah and look we're brought to you with a very dubious support of the greenhouse the number one Canberra Raiders fan forum on the internet get online and get engaged do you know something week. about the um do you know something interesting about the greenhouse just Apart this week I, I waved at GE at the last home match repeatedly while he was standing there up in the balcony of the box that he he's in. Yes, he, he doesn't mingle with us common folk down there. He's in a box. He blanked me. Gee, blanked me. You know, he either didn't see me or he blanked me. And look, you can excuse him for that, I guess. But what yeah. what, what are you going to say about the greenhouse? Uh, well, you know, you just, well, you just, just, what are you now? A nobody from nowhere that used to be someone. Oh, I've, well, I've forgotten the full. How's it go? Um, a minor local identity. <laughs> <laughs> Talk yourself up. Um, the greenhouse this week across all their various social platforms, they hit 110,000 subscribers. That's amazing. It is. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And so you should get online and get engaging because there's yeah. everyone's there. Also brought to you with the cash money sponsorship, this show of Landspeed Records and, of course, our great sponsor, Audio Technica, with which the uh, recording of this program could not take place. Good at Blarco. No, no. And look... He's jetted back in from the Mediterranean, back in, jet-lagged as hell, back to the west coast of the United States of America. Our constant perennial special guest star, Matthew Heather Locklear, Hollywood Nevers. Matthew? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's so good to be here. It's not good to be on the Mediterranean when Sean Johnson kicks a goddamn field goal. I'll tell you that right now. Mm, no. But um, I'm back in the land of cheeseburgers and highways and big cars and... Uh, I'm angrier than Big Horse is Red. I can't believe what <laughs> happened on the weekend. Gray Mannersley, you clown. We'll get to that later. But um, uh-huh. yeah, no, it's good to be back, guys. The the dubious support of the greenhouse. Those numbers seem to be dubious to me. One hundred and ten thousand. <laughs> well, that's across all platforms combined. I think they've probably yes. got like fifty thousand on Facebook alone. So that's on mm-hmm. Threads and only oh, fans. well, they wouldn't have many on. They wouldn't have many on Threads. Oh yeah, the few, <laughs> re- 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 regardless of whether the numbers are here or there, there is no question they are the biggest forum for the. Oh Camber yeah, Raiders. and they're and they're often the entry point into Camberator's social media. I remember when I first found the greenhouse many years ago, I'd scowl different different people's opinions, and you go to the next page and the next page, and you see all those threads down there. So no, it's a great way to communicate with each other and. 
and really just pile all in on Danny Levi or someone that you might not like. But um, I am on oh, Danny oh. Levi Island, and we're going to get to that later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've we've got some news, which of course is brought to us by the good people down at Impact Comics in Garima Place, and you should get down there and see all their geek wear because there's lots of it. Yeah, what, what news have we got here, Blago? News. Well, the, the the first and biggest bit of news is that the NRLW kicked oh. off. The team got underway. Um, unfortunately, they went down. They did the Sharks, twenty-eight to fourteen, in in, in pretty windy um, conditions. Um, two tries to Madison Bartlett. That's you know a promising start. And and the player of the match for the Raiders um, and the Greenhouse player of the match was um, Samima Taufer, who is mm. just a machine. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you if you saw her play in the um, in the women's Origin match a month or so ago. She is just one of those players that just keeps on going and going. And um, she's a great player to have built the Raiders women's side around. Her performance on the weekend, 70 minutes, 142 metres and 40 tackles. Those are big numbers um, for anyone, you know, and it's 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 a great start. It great is, start. it is. Unfortunately, what wasn't a great start was the start of that match where the Sharks just had a glut of possession. Possession after possession after possession. The Raiders barely had the ball. Um, and they defended really well, but after it went, they they conceded one and another try. Not after that, and from that point on, I think it was very even in the arm. Yeah, the Raiders came go. back into it. Yeah, they came back. They, into they, it. they came back into it, but um, just the start wasn't what we wanted, and it wasn't through lack of effort or through ineptitude. It literally was through weight of possession that the Sharks got ahead. There was a few penalties in there. Um, one was hard to argue with. A couple of them I thought were a little bit soft, but, you know, I'm fairly biased in that. I, I think if we can get a decent start, um, what I saw of the side, they, they can be competitive with absolutely anybody. But, um, yeah, lamenting that, you know, that, that weight of possession against the beginning saw us, you know, having to come back from a deficit. And, you know, the last try um, uh, the Sharks got was in junk time too. So it was um, the score, in my opinion, you know, you know, taking a leaf out of the English cricket book, I think it was a moral victory. There you go. Mm. It's 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 tough, isn't it? We're an expansion team. I mean, so are the Sharks. So you've got to give the teams a little bit of grace when it comes to, you know, combinations and getting used to the way that they're, you know, defending together and, and also just the speed of the game. I, I know some of the girls have had some trial matches and many of them have played before, especially our team up in Queensland for, I think, the Burley side. But it... it it takes a while to get used to, you know, NRLW, and I'm sure, you know, there's now they're now playing 40 minute halves, and so obviously, I think it's a really good start. I watched the game as well and, and saw some um, some heavy contact. There's some mm-hmm. very direct defence in the NRLW, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, they'll only get better, and we've, we've got to give them a little bit of time as well. Like think about the Dolphins won two games, and everyone's going on to say how great the Dolphins are, and they're the greatest club in rugby league at you know the beginning of this season. Well. You know, let's give our girls some grace and, and hopefully we can get there on the weekend. I know they're playing in a doubleheader, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they so they go again. They go again this Saturday um, before the, the the NRL game against the Knights. They're not playing the Knights. They're playing the Roosters, who, of course, features um, Millie Boyle, you know, the, the player that so, we all So do we, we suspect that Millie yeah. Boyle and Adam Elliott will drive down together? It's interesting, isn't it? Yes, Possibly. they will. Yeah, is, is that a possibility? Because he'll be playing the first grade match, someone we really didn't want to let go, and she'll be playing in the first um, part of the doubleheader, a player we really wanted to get down here. So, I mean, it's, it's disappointment opposition this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, well, we might have, it's, it's positive pants on next year. 
are both beat the Raiders. I would really, I would really like to see Adam Elliott back next year. I, I would really like it's to see. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, we're not really in the market for middles. We're well stocked for middles, and they they don't they see him more of as 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 a middle. If you had the um, opportunity to get him back right now, would you do it, Blake? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I look. I, I've I've actually I reached out to um, someone at the club and asked if if they were considering looking at him possibility, and said, look, you know, never say never, but it's it's highly unlikely at this stage. We've got to sign a back row. We desperately need to sign a back row. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, all right. Other news: Josh Hodgson um, looks oh. like it's all over. Very sad. Very sad yeah. news. He, he had a neck injury, I think, you know, in round 13. He's had an operation. Uh, apparently, it looks like he's going to require more surgery, ruling him out of this for the season. He actually took up an option for um, next year with the Eels. So he's probably going to get a medical retirement. But, yeah, very, very sad to um, see a wonderful career draw to a close. And it's kind of sad that it didn't, you know, that he finished up at another club. Yeah, not of not of the Raiders, but I mean, you know, if you look back over his career, I mean, he's one of the most important signings of the Ricky Stewart mm. era or any era, really. Oh, I th- I think he's second in signing for the Canberra Raiders in importance, only to Mel Meninga. Yeah, it's very easy to it's very easy to forget how much impact he had on the club, isn't it? And I know a lot of people were probably upset with the amount of time he spent off the field, but you only have to go back and look at any of the highlights that we've had in the last, you know, apart from this year, in the last decade, and he features in probably 80% of them. His ability to be able to manipulate the ruck we've missed since he's gone. And a lot of people talked about him overplaying his hand, but he was probably playing with a very dominant forward pack and a little light on in the back. So that was the way that we designed our, our attack. And if it wasn't for a couple of small things, you know, as we all know in that particular, grand final um he'd have a ring so i i've loved josh Hodgson. and i remember there was a time on this podcast we argued about who was the number one hooker in the history of the mm. club and i think i might have said hojo but you know looking back now it's probably box box head but i, I just you, you, you can't under i can be very persuasive sometimes though matthew oh yeah i, I like Hodgson, though. you can't understate the effect that he had on the club not just on the field but the ability to also attract other players you know suddenly we had an influx of international players and much of that is because we had a really good spine player that um, mm. we could build. We could build a strategy around. Look at what what we came up against in the weekend in New Zealand. They've suddenly mm. got a really good player in their spine, whether it be halfback or hooker, and it just changes the club instantly. And I'm not saying that we don't have that now. We've got some some very very good first grade players. But um, Josh Hodgson at at his peak, you know, was elite, and even in that one or two seasons, was pushing uh, Cameron Smith, who many say is the greatest ever. So. Uh, it's really sad to see him. Who knows where he'll end up? I mean, maybe he could end up back at the club or maybe he'll end up in Sydney. I don't know. It's, he's obviously moved his family down there and they talked about the new schools. So I, I, I wish him luck and I hope he stays in Australia and I hope he stays in the NRL um, in some kind of coaching capacity, no matter where mm. it is. It's always, yeah, he's always I, said his plan is to stay in Australia. Yeah. They, are, they are like, I think they're like natural. I don't know if they're full citizens, but definitely naturalized. Are they citizens, Tim? Uh, Kirby um, is definitely naturalised. Um, that was part of her going to university, which she's put on hold at the moment, but I think she's probably going off and finishing her chemistry degree. Josh hasn't done it yet because I think he's, um, strangely enough, loyal to Great Britain um, and England, having played for those sides again. But I gave him a fair bit of grief about that. Obviously, Ivy and George were born here, so they're both dual citizens. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it really is only Josh holding it up about, you know, being Australian. Yeah. I think he, he eventually has to bite the bullet and, and do it. Um, but look, um, I, apart from um, CSL, I haven't had a closer friend at the club than Josh yeah. Hodson. Um, just a brilliant bloke, you know, one of the the four blokes who carried, you know, my dad um, in his, you know, at his funeral, um, for which I'll always be grateful. Um just Sterling Blake, the moment he walked through the door, he made our club a better place. 2016, he got Meninger medal that year. Um, I still think to this day he was highly unlucky not to have got the Dally M that year because I think he was the standout player all season and he was the bookie's favourite going into it. Um, if you just look at that season alone, we had some bad luck with injuries straight after that. If you look at that season alone, my God, he was fantastic. He was one of the best things to watch. and But for a bit of bad luck, you know, we could have gone all the way that year. So, you know, I, I, I never wanted him to go. I mean, I know he had to go when he did, but, um, gee, it saddens me because I absolutely love that player. So, yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, very it's sad. Very sad to see him go. Um, you know, his, his, his body probably let him down in the end. He played the game very hard. Um, I remember yep. times when, you know, he when we used to have um, Baptiste would come on at nine in the back end of the games and he'd just play like a 13 a middle and he'd just be hitting the ball up and no self-preservation yep. whatsoever. And, and maybe that caught up to him a little bit in the end. Who knows? I mean, you know, oh, ACLs. I think it probably did. ACLs. But, yeah, he, he, he always gave 100% in the green jersey. And, yeah, his plan, he said, is to stay in Australia and, and he wants to get into coaching. Um, so, who knows? Yeah. Hopefully, one day we'll, we'll see him back at the club in some capacity. Other news of the hooker front. And news that will be exciting to at least one Raiders fan that we know. Yeehaw! <laughs> Matt, Matthew. Danny Levi has, because we sort of said last week there was talk about him extending his contract. I went, no, no, surely that's just the option for 2024. Um, he's just, they're just triggering that. Oh, that's being taken up or whatever. There's no way that they would actually be considering extending him until 2025. But no, apparently they have. He's, he's, He's been extended another year. So, Matt, um, tell us your thoughts on on this uh, well, old move by the club. I, I sent Ricky a texter and I told him, let's extend Levi. <laughs> and he did. I, I was meaning my son, Levi, not Danny Levi. But look, it, there are certain... Did you name your son after Danny Levi? I did. <laughs> even even though he's nine, I named him after Danny Levi. Um, when he was just position- back at the Knights. Yeah, there are certain positions where I believe that it's really hard to fill, I think, and, and I think the Raiders have acknowledged that. Um, it's hard to find hookers and it's hard to find um, halfbacks. You know, you look at the amount of hookers that go around and around and around and there's a lot. And, and clearly, he must mean a lot to the club for us to re-sign him um, and know that he's injured. He must have a bit of an effect on the playing group. Um, we have a pretty young spine in, in many sense. So I have a feeling he probably sets some standards. And, you know, I think one of the things that good clubs around the world with good culture in any sport, they actually recognise players um, that set standards even when they're injured, you know. So I, I follow mm-hmm. a side in, in in the Premier League and they've just re-signed last year two players that were out long-term injured. So what that does is it, it actually tells the club that if you do the right thing, no matter what happens to you on or off the field, when it comes to your injuries, we'll take care of you. And what I think clubs that this? sets Arsenal. All right. So gather gunners. But um I chokers. Oh, 
Fucking Jesus, you're going to have to beat me Lang- <laughs> Language, Matthew. Language, oh, Matthew. Oh, anyway. The, the um, biggest, biggest choke in the Premier League since um, Kevin Keegan going off his brain about Manchester United. Remember that? You've seen that famous clip? You old enough Very well. When he was yeah. in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in no. Newcastle, yeah. No, I, um, yeah. I, I like the way Levi plays. He plays tough. He He's very direct in defence. I think he's probably helped in some sense elevate Wolford's game. Wolford's actually playing the best he's ever played for us. And um, Well, that's Ricky's big thing, isn't it? He wants competition for spots. But there's com- there's still, I mean, signing, having four hookers on the books out of a squad at 30 and then having Peru that's like utility as well. I mean, maybe we're sort of going a bit too hard in um, one position. I don't know. Um, to extend well, the, the, the other thing now, about the, the timing the seems other, odd to me. The timing seems the, odd. The other thing about the hooker is you got to remember that um, Adrian Trevelyan's also started playing again and back. Yeah, he's injury, unsigned. So. Unsigned. We haven't re-signed him at this point. Well, I, well, there's four hookers and three. There's probably three in the roster. You'd have to think. There's one there that probably misses out, and I don't know if it's going to be Trevelyan. It raises some pretty big questions. Although, when did we? Didn't we just re-sign Tommy Starling earlier yeah. this year? Yeah. Couple more years. That's what that's yeah. it. All seems all the timing of it all seems a bit odd. Like with Danny Levi, sure, you know, I feel sorry for the guy. He's been very unlucky this year with injury. He still had a contract for next year. Maybe we should have because we haven't really seen that much of him. We aren't really, you know, from our point of view, yet, like like you say, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. We're not really in that good a position to know whether he really needs to be signed for 2025. You know, I would have liked to have seen the club hold off, wait to see how he goes next year and then make a decision. I mean, there was some talk um, that, you know, Super League clubs had come calling for him again. Mm -hmm. So maybe this was, the club didn't want to let him go back to the UK. So they've... And look, we we don't know what the terms of that deal are. And we don't know, you know, either in, you know, inclusions about how many games he has to play, how much he's getting paid. You know, he could be a person who's put in the club there for depth. Mm-hmm. And making it through, or alternatively, they could have the view that they really believe he's going to be competing with Wolf and Trevelyan for that that number nine spot. You know, so we we don't actually know what they're doing, but you know, he's had some bad luck with injuries. But we did see some moments from him where I thought to myself, that wasn't a bad option. Yeah, I also think um, it's a pretty small the- highlight reel. Danny Levi, Camberators, twenty twenty three. Jeez, you like ragging on people. I mean, it no, is your hobby. Yeah, you I do. don't. You do. I don't. You do. I'm just we can saying, go back through. We haven't seen. We haven't seen very much. Challenge T Mac. I will challenge T Mac to go back through all our episodes and record all the moments where you gleefully. I I can talk about Danny Levi more if you want, but I think we've covered. I think we've covered Danny Levi. Look, we haven't but, seen. Uh, we haven't his seen stats, that His stats oh, have shown it. that he scores. We score more points and let in less when he plays. It's a very, it's a very small window. It's a very small window. I actually did what Matt's referring to. I got um, resident Blake in the Pork stats man, uh, Arnie J, to do some do do a bit of a deep dive on on hookers this season and and points when we've scored points, conceded points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, to back up my theory that we score more points with um, Zach Wolford on the field than we do with Tom Starling, and it was pretty obvious that that was going to be the case. Although. Interestingly enough, when you look at the game against the Warriors, the majority of the points were scored when Tom Starling was on the field. But I don't think you can give him too much credit for those tries. The ball. <laughs> Brad Schneider, um, what an incredible couple of weeks it's been for that guy. 
you know, you think it wasn't that long ago he was playing um, at Kipax in front of a couple hundred people. And now he's he's booked booked himself a ticket to Wembley to They're play in front of yeah seventy or eighty thousand people. He kicked another field goal um, in the, in the semi final of the Challenge Cup um, against Wigan. He kicked it on the forty. It went. It went. It was the kick went for at least fifty meters. We could have done with him um, at Auckland on on Friday night. That was a monster drop goal. And um, yeah, what what an incredible time he'd be having. I mean, the the fans over there are so passionate and they go so crazy and um, yeah, I'm sure he's just absolutely loving it. And he, he'll come up against um, the Lee side. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a fairy tale, the challenge cup this year, because the two heavyweights of the comp Wigan and St. Helens both got knocked out by, um, by Hull Kingston Rovers and, and Lee, who's of course Lachlan Lamb is, was man of the match. Potential Raiders target. Lachlan Lamb. Well, there's, there's, there's a potential Raiders target and a potential Raiders comeback. No, I'm, I'm pumped for, Brad Schneider. I, I was always impressed with the way that he played the game and and the composure that he had. He was a very strong defender and and you know clearly was thrown in the deep end at the beginning of last season. But to kick two uh, game time winning field goals, yeah, clutch. clutch field goals in the in the space of a month, not even a month, um, at a brand new club to get him into the first final they've been in in years. It's just, I mean, they will build a statue of Schneider if he does it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and well deserved, but uh, there's been some other market moves, haven't there, Blake? Eh? Some interesting ones just over the, just in the last twenty four hours. Well, yeah. So we're going to have a look at a bit of the market each week, um, and what players you know we sort of link to because we're still obviously you know we're still in the market for a six, unless the plan is to play um, Matt Frawley at six next year, um, or or play as he's been saying and he has been saying it. Um, Sam Chris, Sam Chris, Chris at six. Surely that's Ricky Trolley. Um, well, why not? I mean, the Terry. Yeah, let's not go. Let's let's no no no. Come on, come on. Hey, at what stage do you acknowledge again. that when Ricky Stewart says something, he might actually be telling the truth, and it might be a good idea? That's there's two parts to that question. Um, so anyway, a couple of players that we had sort of been well, one player that there we are had two parts. Seen. But at what stage would you would you like even go towards those things? When he yeah, converts, anyway. when he when when Seb Chris wins the Dallium medal as a converted six, a la Jack Whiten. Um, a couple of players that are, are off the market, one of which we definitely were never going to sign, despite some pretty appalling articles um, written by, I think, David Polkinghorne and, and Eamon Tien. And Jamin Salmon has gone to the dogs, literally. Um, and also Blake Taff, who had uh, Taff, Taff, who um, a lot of Raiders fans have sort of said, hey, he's someone we could have a look at. Six or yeah. one. I know Matt was impressed by Blake Taff. Well, that's that one's alarming to me that he signed there, and the rumored money is so little as well. It's two hundred fifty thousand. I can't believe that. I can't. That sounds believe right Blake for James Taff's, Salmon. Yeah, but even even unders for a, like it's Blake, Blake Taff. Two fifty is about right for a, a fringe first grader, not someone who's playing almost every week, which they kind yeah. of both are. Blake Taff could slide in and play. Taff doesn't play that much. Salmon plays good, on the bench. I oh, I know he's good. But Salmon yeah. plays more frequently, you know, on the bench. Although I don't think he's named this week. You know, there's there's a lot of clubs that could use Blake Taff. I mean, you'd, you'd say the Dragons could probably use him. Uh, Balmain could Tigers, definitely yeah, use him. Tigers. And he he I've watched him play a few reserve grade games, and he looked he looked a cut above. Um, he did have a, a, a shocker one about a month back for South, but then the following game he had a great game. So look, uh, there's something going on there at the Dogs that. 
that, that they seem to be signing everyone. They're the new roosters, um, offering yeah, hotels but... and all kinds of yeah. stuff, and then cut, cutting yeah, good share, players. It's just a, it's a very. Missions. It's you know they're linked with Jerome Luai. They've already signed Stephen. Christ. They're just linked with it. It's just you know Ben Hunt. Gus. There's a hot. I know. Well, he's obviously got more connections with the third party than anyone probably in all of rugby league. So mm. who knows what they're what they're able mm. to do there? But uh, they're they're still not winning. So. They're pretty ruthless with um, moving players on though. So for all these players that they're signing, there's a bunch that are going out the door, and a couple that are supposed to be headed out the door. Um, one is Ryan Sutton. Yeah, uh, someone is... someone posed the question to us: Would we would we want Ryan Sutton back? And I sort of said, Yeah, no, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. No. I personally, think... I personally, I'd one hundred percent want him back. One hundred percent, I know he won't be coming back. I'm I'll on what basis? On what basis would you would you want him back? I, I think I'm, before I'm middle, we went, I... middle, middle of the road. Forward. Before That's... before we went up to the Gold Coast, before we were quarantined up to the Gold Coast that season, he was leading the Meninga Medal count. And yeah, he was in okay. fantastic form. And it's fallen away since then. What I will tell you, he won't be coming back to this club. I'd almost put money on the fact that he'll be linking up with John Bateman and the West Tigers next. Look, answer this then, Paul, because obviously, yeah, he was doing great in the first month of footy and then the game changed. But It, it was it, four or five months, but yeah. Well, well he's, he's got, well, no, COVID hit in March. So, yeah, I know, but as soon as they went up to the Gold Coast, his form dropped off a cliff. So he's talking about 2021. You're talking about 2020, yeah. Matt. Okay, well, yeah. I'm just waking up. My, my point is the style of football that he plays, you know, like he's he's like a 6 out of 10 at the beginning of the game, at the end of the game. He's a, he's a strong... Um, Do you know what you his know, hard work know, factor is? He's, well, he's one. One hard work. It's exactly <laughs> one. He's, he's the most hard work <laughs> player. Well, it, so in saying that you'd have him back, Pork, in our middle rotation, or even not even the rotation, in our middles, where would you... Have him lined up in. So he's he's not above Taps and Papa. He's not above oh, Whitehead. Not. I mean, he's not above Horse. He's not above. I don't think he's above Mariota. He's not above Emery Gawler anymore. And I wouldn't even say he's above what I saw with Trey Mooney in that Dragons game. Even Pasami Solo. Like I think. Oh, Pasami Pasami Solo's pushing it. Well, Pasami Solo's pushing it. He's lucky to keep no, his spot no. this week. I, I'm just saying. Look, like I don't, I don't just personally measure the players on just their play on football measure... ability or any kind of logical, <laughs> rational. Or I met him and he said hello to me once. So <laughs> we had a I'd coffee. love to have him back. Let's spend five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on a plotter um, middle because I'd love to have no. him back at the club. No, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> He's no, great for is... culture. He's great there is leadership. A, no, actually not good for Colts. That was goals? actually the, that was actually the problem. No, was no, he... no, no. Look, oh, I am personally biased. Back. I am not personally good for culture. I am personally biased on the fact that he was one of the four players that carried my father's coffin. So, yeah, okay, I'm biased towards him. And, yes, I hear what all you're saying, but I really liked the bloke. I, he was just a lovely guy. He was one of the players I was standing next to during the prelim in 2019 on the bench. And, you know... I like him, and yes, all your points are right. But I'd have him back because I like him, and is and that's why I'm not in charge of recruitment. The reason he could, he, the reason he could end up at Balmain, and he couldn't up at yeah. Parramatta as well. He could, back, are pretty he, could light to, he could go back to the UK realistically. He you know, could. I he could go back to, to West. I oh, bet bet he goes to West Tigers. Yeah, maybe maybe he will. But this is my point: is that you know, people sort of say, "Oh, how does Bulldogs get forward these players? How did they're very ruthless with cutting people that they don't see." You know, yep. and Agreed. and and the actual approach they're taking of just like okay, next nut, nah, this guy doesn't work out. Next, next, probably isn't the best. You know, long term strategy. 
That's what they Look, do. That's true. Fatal Marin is an interesting one they've cut. And yeah. um, I don't know whether we'd go after him because they're all talking about how specifically with him, it's not buying into the culture. Well, might, that might be just News Corp media crap. But one of the thing, what about um, an old ex-Raider, TPJ? Absolutely. <laughs> under no circumstances, <laughs> under no circumstances should he ever be at our club ever again. I could... I was praising when he left our club and I knew exactly what he was and his problems. You could see it when he was playing in under 20s. The bloke's defense on the line was bog standard awful. They did this time and time again when he was playing in our under 20s. Sides would get up there, they'd find where he was at the line and they'd dive at the line at his feet knowing that he would never get low. And it worked every single time. And that's why he got dumped from our club because his on the line defense was appalling. There were other. Uh, he left the club because Wayne called him up and said, Come up to Brisbane. I'd have him back. Come up to Brisbane. Uh, Absolutely no. Nah, he's, he's, he's a liability. What's that? Gordon. Gordon Tallis said something really, really good about it. And I don't like anything he says, but it, it jumped up about me. It's like, oh, he promises the world and delivers an atlas. That's yeah. Right. And, and I, I think that's pretty much bang on. But and people talking up about the, these these glitches on, and these moments. Moving on, Tim. Tim, moving on from yep. this. It's, uh, Raymond Fatal Mariner, you know, it's an interesting one. Um, if he's on the market, you know, and he's he's one of the reasons why apparently he's fallen out of the club is he wants to play back road. And they've mm-hmm. tried to play him at middle. I, I can see this weekend he's been named at lock um, for the Bulldogs because they've got Kikau on one edge and Preston, who's, you know, been an absolute revelation. Mm. On the other edge. But, you know, if he wants to play back row, we need a back rower. So, yeah. you know. Talking about back rowers, <laughs> uh, is it time to wind up David Fafita Watch? I think it is. No, do the sting. Fafita Watch! <laughs> that was, you've changed it up a bit from last week. But no, there's, no, there's no, it was more, it was more exciting. It was more exciting before. It wasn't as so drawn out. It was more punchy. David Fafita Watch. Ding, 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 Watch. Yeah, that'll do. There's no need, no developments on the David Fafita front. But, you know, we we while there's life, there's hope, you know, and we need we need a back row and David Fafita's a back row. So you never never say never. But, yeah, he hasn't exercised his He hasn't exercised his option. Continue. That doesn't mean he's not talking to people. Honestly, it just means the media probably haven't heard about it. But continue just death riding anyone that the um, the Titans play because the more that they lose, the more that we have a chance of getting him. I think he was, you know, the rumours are he was almost over the line, if not over the line, um, earlier in the year. And then the Titans went on to win four straight, and suddenly, you know, he's thinking, oh, this is a great place to play. Um, but I, I can tell you now, I, I would rather play under just about any coach in the NRL than Des Hasler. What he does to forward packs, I don't know. He, 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 I don't think he is someone, if I was an edge forward, I'd want to play under. So um, who knows? Maybe we'll end up with David Fafita, Raymond Fatala Mariner, and a fit and firing CHN, Corey Hararera Nada. And maybe some Wells, Wellsby just to top it off. Yeah. I really I really hope um, Corey Hararera Nada gets back. Um, to feel yeah, so it's still, still for us. To, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's going to be playing this year, does it? No, hundred percent. He's. Nah, I think doesn't I think feel at all. Someone on the greenhouse said they spoke to him somewhere, and he said, "No, he's not. He's not coming this year." Uh, you just—that's one of the ones you just don't muck around with. You know, football yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things, as much as we love it, it's just not as important as no, that. No, it's else. not worth it. It's not worth it. Speaking of people who always just keep on coming back, uh, 
It's time to hear from <clears throat> Danny Stewart. <clears throat> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of a uh, camper artist coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> now, in regards to that absolute horseshit decision uh, not to award the great uh, Sebastian Chris uh, the penalty try there, uh, where the fuck were you on, uh, on Monday with that one, Anna? <clears throat> it was a d- disgraceful decision anyone could see that uh, uh, Zelezniak uh, raced in off his wing and absolutely brutalised Seb in the face. Uh, it was truly sickening stuff. Uh, it was frightening at the time. I couldn't believe uh, Sebi actually got up, to be honest. I expected the medicab to come on because, jeez, uh, uh, Dallin didn't miss him, did he? <clears throat> now, last time I checked, the uh, face was uh, part of the head. So how that didn't constitute as uh, head contact, uh, I'm not fucking sure. Uh, you couldn't say it wasn't an important decision. Uh, instead of uh, going in 14-6 down at half time, uh, we would have been 12-8 up. <clears throat> uh, now, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, uh, blame anyone but my own team for its shortcomings and uh, declare that that uh, loss was solely on the officials. <clears throat> uh, I thought that uh, we were the better team over that game of footy. Uh, in fact, uh, I thought it was a bit of a training run at times for the Raiders. Uh it was men against boys. Uh, you almost felt for the Warriors at times there. Uh, they were just never really in the uh, in the game. <coughs> uh, but uh, BOTB went their way. Uh, uh, some corrupt officiating and somehow they've uh, walked away with the two points here. So, uh, fuck me. Uh, nasty win to the Warriors and uh, uh, proud of uh, the performance, uh, the fight shown by the boys. <coughs> uh, I can report that uh, although we didn't win the game, I've uh, uh, taken... Uh, Heed of uh, what the Poms have been doing over in the Ashes and um, awarding us the moral victory. So uh, we didn't get the actual win, but it's uh, still two points on the uh, Danny Stewart ladder and uh, we're firmly entrenched in the uh, top four. <coughs> now, in regards to the uh, big one coming up against the Knights on Saturday, uh, now, uh, they tell me they've got a few guys, a couple of guys that can play a bit. Uh, apparently, the fullback goes all right and uh, their two wingers have uh, uh, got a bit of footy in them, but uh, fuck me, what about that pack? <coughs> Uh, we should be able to get on top of their uh, uh, pack through the middle there, and uh, if we do that, uh, uh, we should be able to walk away with the jockeys. <coughs> so uh, firmly entrenched in the top four, and uh, go you uh, green machine. He makes some good points. He does make some good points. Mm-hmm. Someone give that man a lozenger. Yeah, <laughs> give him a lozenger. Help him out. Uh, you what the hell's a, what the hell's a lozenger? I don't know. Like a, is that what they call them in America? I don't know. No. What? What? What is it? The lozenge. The butterscotch ones. A lozenge. lozenge. There's no uh... lozenger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a texter, Matthew. Yeah. Give him, uh, give him a, a butterscotch. Yeah. What are those? Those little ones? Yeah, buttermethos. Werther's original. Oh, Werther's. Yeah. What, you know. That, that, no, that's just a lolly. It's a buttermethos. Is what you're thinking about here? They're all the just lollies, man. They're all just lollies. <laughs> give the yeah. man a buttermethos. Anyway, you make yeah. some good points. Look, 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 look. That 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 doesn't annoy me, but there has been something that's annoyed me. In fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears? Left-handed scissors. Yeah, no, that does grind my gear. When you get one of those, it's like, what the hell's going on? You sort of feel like they do when they're getting the right-handed scissors. But yeah, that that does annoy me somewhat. But no, that's not what it. That's not what it is. What grinds my gears? is the relative uh, gradings of incidents. So Graham Annesley's come out off week and said, well, 
Um, Dallin Watney's Lesniak with his soul glow in his hair, smacking the side of Seb Chris's head as he's going across the line with a ball in his hand, wasn't bad enough to warrant a penalty. Now, one thing I do know is last year we saw a penalty try awarded against the Raiders for where Stephen Crichton got a slight nudge from someone mm-hmm. and they awarded a penalty try to him where there was no guarantee he was even going to get the ball. It was uh, but they awarded a penalty try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this season we see Watney's Lesniak come flying across with a player who actually has the ball in his hand, have an arm that's swinging that hits him in the face. The ball then comes loose. And not only is it not a penalty try, we don't even get a fucking penalty. Yeah. And then he comes off and says, oh, it wasn't hard enough hitting the head to deserve a penalty. So I actually agree with it. It's an incidental hit in the head. Yeah. Okay. So we we found that we found an. A new thing, and and Ricky's come out and said, "Oh, I'm mates with Graham Mansley. We've known each other for a year, but what the hell?" That is the most diplomatic way of saying, with all due respect, which you know, when you hear in the political circles and someone says that, means you moron, you're an idiot. Um, seriously, seriously. Now that that's a game changing decision. If we actually get even just a penalty at that point, not a penalty try, but a yeah. penalty at that point, they're not down the other end scoring no. that that try. Well, that's why and, I was such a was it twelve point. It's Bring it's it's a well ten ten point turnaround and and it had a huge bearing in the game because we were doing really really well in that match until such point as we gave away that dumb penalty for Jack being a sleeper they got a try but apart from that we we were winning the arm wrestle absolutely yeah they that. scored in the third they scored in the third minute and then they scored in the thirty eight yeah. because they it, got that seven tackle set and if Chris scores that try or at least we get a penalty at that stage. You know, and we go and score some points. That that changes the whole complexion of the match. We might have come away with the two points. We come away with the two points in that match, and the season's looking a lot different now. Now there's a lot of pressure on this Newcastle match. So that really strange, stuffed up, could only happen against the Raiders. Decision grinds my gears. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm furious about it. I'm yeah, furious about it. Like it's 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 going to come into my ass, clown, later. But that has to be one of the worst doubling down on a bad decisions that Annesley's done on that Monday, you know, referee chit chat in the history mm. of doing it, because what he said was there was no obvious um, head movement from the, the smack across the mm. face. So what mm. that brings, what that brings in is the idea that if Chris stays down and acts like he's split his lip or yeah. covers his face, mm. it's absolutely then we immediately get the penalty. If he so doesn't, it's, it's Lodge, poor coaching from Ricky. Not expecting yes. him to stay down in that situation. He could be oh, down straight up. The, the exact same thing happened in the game this year with Jamal Fogarty when he got hit in the head I know. against Brisbane. And and suddenly Gordon Tallis during the week's like, oh, Fogarty's now one of my favourite players because he didn't stay down. Well, in this case, you had to stay down, Chris, because we would have got the penalty. Yeah. Exactly but, but... what he did last year against us when they won on the sunny coast. Now... It was in thirty-sixth minute, I think. They went on the score and suddenly we were chasing the game. I, I just I cannot believe that what Annesley said was that your head has to show like uh, there was no obvious movement of the head. So mm. that puts the emphasis on the result of the foul, not the actual foul. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, oh well, the guy's injured, then maybe the suspension should warrant here, which is just Fucking bullshit. If you run a red light and you hit someone and break their toe is exactly the same if you run a red light and you break their leg. I mean, if you kill someone, it's manslaughter, so we won't even go there. But it's just like, it's it's beyond the pale. 
that Annesley's done that. And obviously right now, the Warriors are the, the darlings of the league and everyone's gone on about how great they're playing. Well, we came up against them and we actually probably should have won that game. If it wasn't we scored that, more it tries. Have been a couple of kicks. We scored more we tries. Scored in, the, in, exactly. the, in the end, goal kicking was a difference. And look, I don't um, blame Jared Croker for missing the one right at the end, um, that white one, because that, that's also, that's on his bad side. But um, missing the conversion off the wrap and a try. Um, yeah, Toots was pretty upset with himself. Yeah, yeah, because well, that's on his good side for, for a, le- a for few a things, left you know, side. like Fogarty's big in extra time all the way down to the the in goal. I mean, in saying that, should have, should have Sean Johnson gone off? Absolutely should have. Definitely. Absolutely Definitely should have gone off. But I, I think with with um, the message from the, the incident with, with Chris, and, and it's loud and clear, stay down, go down. Yeah. Because you are not going to get, you are not going to get any decisions in your way unless you stay down. You've got to stay down. You've got to play it up. And there's no other way for it because it's being, if it's being measured on the impact, make sure you're showing them an impact. Don't give them anything because you're not going to get anything and other people are going to get it. So you'd be a fool not to stay down. So the very fact that they've marked it on, <laughs> not just the actual whether it's a foul or not, but what the impact of it means they have now encouraged without any question players to stay down and just expect it to happen because you're out of your mind if you don't. But um, And, then that, and match, if, you had, if you had stayed down, then they'd be blowing up on a, on a, on a Warriors podcast. But I guess that wouldn't be our yeah. problem there. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I'd be I'd be telling them to call the Wawas. It was. It was. <laughs> the Wawas. Uh, it, yeah. it it was ironic, of course, that the Mad Lodge stayed down and that went against us and then this time. And Sean Johnson kicked, I think that's three times now he's he's kicked field goals to beat the Raiders in Golden Point. Yeah, yeah. And then Something there was crazy. the season. There was the match where we didn't get to Golden Point because he kicked two field goals in the last two minutes. But that was yeah. in proper time. So we could also count that as well. I, and I, I stayed again in our preview last week. I said Jack White needed to absolutely bury him. Um, Sean Johnson, pretty much for the most part, until he got hit in the head, was playing in a dinner suit. And it showed yeah, Jack with didn't, the way. Yeah. Well, the hit Jack in the head was a head clash. The hit in the head. Jack had a shocker until the last minute, you know, where he threw the cat out. Like, again, you know, sort of said on, you know, in the leading weeks, just give the. The, the ball to, to Jamal to kick, have a plan for him to be up to kick. You know, you look at other teams like the Panthers or the Eels or the Broncos, they pretty much just have one person that kicks the ball all the time. You know, Jack mm-hmm. takes a couple of kicks and they're, they're shockers. He kicks it out, out on the bounce, on the full, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, then, and then also he threw some terrible passes as well in that game. So, you know, again, it was, it was a classic Jack White and, you know, yeah, and diamonds, mostly yeah. rocks until he unearthed a diamond right at the end. And it's frustrating, but he will, I mean, he'll ultimately be, you know, one of the most frustrating players, I'd say, they'll ever play for the Raiders. And we, we're pretty much drawing to a close to a Jack White, the end of the Jack White era, which is which is sad to see. But yeah, I, it's just always going to be in him, isn't it? He's never going to be a player that's going to, you know, no, it's always taking I mean, the right option. Some people said that you know he could have maybe made a bit more effort to um, ground the ball, um, you know, a bit closer to the post to make the kick a bit easier for Croker after he tied up the scores. If he was focused less on the on the swan dive and more maybe on trying to get oh, the salute, the, the salute to the crowd. I oh, look at best he was going to make it another five meter. I saw it land. Not even. Right. 
Not I, I saw what Lampus said there. He might have made a few more meters, and he. But she's right. He should have been thinking about it, and he wasn't even looking. No. In that Look, position, he should have at least been looking. I don't think he would have made much but that's, more, but that's, he should have at least been looking. That's the beauty and the genius and the madness of, of Jack White. And Jack no, White is always going to be Jack White. He had those guys on his tail, and he was just trying to get to the end goal. I don't blame him at all. He showed you know, good speed. I mean, the, the people chasing him weren't the quickest no, players on the field, no. but he showed good speed to get, get all the way there. Yeah, but, but it's the salute, you know. It's like, Warriors, don't do it. Was it. The Warriors did pretty good. Steve Maven. jamming. The entire game, and it was the, that was one of the first times we managed to get the ball on the outside. Yeah, the left side, our left side struggled in that game. We have to properly admit, especially in defence. But yeah. you know, I think the way um, right side attack is the best right side attack competition. So, look, I, they didn't you know, they didn't have the field. They didn't, with the two. they didn't have the field day that you know um, a lot of people were expecting, um, including yourself, yeah. Matthew. You said. Um, Whereas we're going to win 30 plus. So although I'd say, you know, the week before or two weeks before against the Dragons, it was a, it was a loss. It was a win that felt like a loss. This was almost a loss that I was still very annoyed and upset at the end of it, but reflecting on it now, it's a loss that sort of has a tinge of victory about it as well. I mean, I think it showed that we really can compete with, you know, the best teams. I mean, the Warriors at home, in front of a big crowd, you know, we go into a game against probably anyone except for Penrith right now as favourites, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. So, I mean, you know, we were out of the game for a bit and we came right back into it, but I think there's a lot of positives to take out of that game. It's just unfortunate no, that for a lot of our good field position and, and our dominance um, in the forwards when we had, you know, Papa and Tarps on that we couldn't get a few more points. Oh, it's, I mean, we've always, we've, that's a bit of an issue with the Raiders, isn't it? You know, we've got a, a spine that's still kind of gelling and, and trying to figure out how they're playing. Seb, Chris and Wolford are getting better every single week. Um, and to finish that game with such dynamic attack and take a few risks and get on the outside, it's, it's Hopawadi had a good game. I, I really feel like if we can grow off that last five minutes into this next game, and we're going to need to because Newcastle mm-hmm. are incredibly dynamic against the yeah. Storm. I watched that game and they were fantastic. And they've, yeah. they've, mm-hmm. they've got that in them. They're, Newcastle, when they're playing well, are a very good team to watch. And They are. Just like the Warriors. You know, they've got a lot of dynamic attack. They can go from the left to the right edge very quickly. And, and I, um, I'm really proud of the way that we played in that game over in New Zealand. We, we got off to a pretty rocky start and then... We actually dominated nearly all the stats. We dominated um, meters, post-contact meters. We equaled the midline breaks. Uh, we dominated just across the board. But we just couldn't, you know, it was just a couple of kicks, I guess. And that, I think that puts us in pretty good stead leading into, you know, the last month of footy. We've got a pretty interesting um, run with some games that we're expected to win, which we never do that well in. And then a yeah. couple that will test us. But yeah. if, we can, if we can win two or three of the next six, um, we're in the eight, which... I think is a successful season for this yeah. roster and, and something you can build on. Yeah, I think we can still aspire more. Zach Wolford, I mean, you mentioned he you know, had quite a good game. He only played 35 minutes this week, which I wow. thought was odd. And I was kept on waiting for them to um, bring him back, you know, for the last 20. And he just, I don't know why, whether it was an issue, but he didn't reappear. So he went from playing 80 minutes, you know, in his best performance of the season against the Dragons to only 35 this week, which was which was weird. Um, CNK... We should mention, you know, had a great game again. Um, caught everything we kicked. Uh, you remember there was a time before he left when he was sleeping on um, Jordan Rappin's couch when he absolutely had the yips. Well, 
there's no sign of those now, unfortunately. And um, once again, had had the pace to get on the outside of of Croker for that try. What a player! Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his combination with SJ is quite remarkable, and everybody talks about how CNK is playing so well this year compared to when he was with us. Uh, his passing game's developed. He's got a lot more space, and there's a reason for that. He's playing outside outside Sean Johnson. It's very different those positions when you've got one of the greatest ever halfbacks giving you space and time and how late Johnson can play at the moment and the depth of pass that he can find CNK. He's Sean Johnson's throwing a pass into space that the, you know, you CNK has so much time to get there. They've got such a strong combination that um, Mm. that's the main reason why I think he's starting so well. And um, I hope, I hope, I hope they continue apart from when they ask. Yeah. No, so, Who's, who's our man of the match then? Uh, before we go to the man of the match, there's one other thing I say about um, CNK and Sean Johnson. I don't know if you noticed when the um, Marate Niakoro try was scored. Um, it was interesting. I'll, I'll watch that back again because I sort of Hudson Young um, comes up and gets no one. Uh, initially, I thought it was because Egan had engaged him, but it's actually he's he's thinking that CNK is going to get the ball out the back. Yeah. And he rushes up to sweat on CNK and they just pass to to Neocore and he goes straight through. But yeah, they were yeah. they were very worried about um CNK out the back there. Man of the match, um what were you thinking, Matthew? Oh, it's a tough one. I know Sebi Chris seems to be kind yeah. of a lot of people's. I yeah. thought Horsburg played pretty well. I was gonna say Corey Horsburgh is what on my short list here. Seven yeah. minutes, hundred and forty five meters. Do you have, guess how many tackles? Corey Hosborough made in that game. 60. Yeah, 60 with one missed. Uh, Matt Timiko was outstanding again. You know, an absolute, uh, our best attacking weapon. And the other one that stood out for me, as well as Seb Chris, was Jordan Rapiner. Just his absolute never-say-die attitude. I mean, the guy is giving it all, trying stuff until the last minute. Puts the kick through for the whitehead try uh does that great take on the bomb and and just just never never quits never gives up no it's just, just squeezes does. everything he's got um Man, I... hopawadi as well had a good game yeah. i thought he, he he's continuing to cement that spot oh and, and tarpano again the silent achievers up there um I, my, my gut says seb chris everything i saw him do was a hundred percent full-on he's getting more and more dangerous every i mean i wish you know he what him that ball and score that try you know what what? I'm going to let you have this one. Yeah, uh, and, um, it's nothing against the other guys. I just think he's growing every week at fullback. And he's becoming more and more dangerous. He's more of a handful. He's safe at the couple back. of try savers. Couple of try savers at the back. As but well. he, yeah. he, his his kick returns when he's running the ball into the line. He's making 10, 15 every single time. Yeah, he's an absolute handful for people. He's never pushed back, and he's fast enough that if they give him an inch, he's going to score. You know. Oh. Yeah, Tim was um, sort of talking about talking him up at fullback and saying all the things he's doing. If you actually look at his um, attacking stats compared to pretty much every other fullback in the comp, you know whether it's um, try assists, whatever, whatever you want to look at, he's and well, try scored. He's scored very few tries this year, much less than he scored last year when he's playing in the centres, and his try assists are, are very low as well. So, I mean, obviously yeah, he's he's but we're not scoring much. We're not scoring much this year. And yeah. that, that's just and the fullbacks, the fullbacks, what are your main attacking weapons? 
Yeah, yeah, but, but when it when it comes to attacking weapons, maybe his stuff's not showing in tries; it's showing in meters gained. It's showing in you know kick return meters. It's showing in stuff that puts you on the front foot. You know, we're not putting that final piece together half the time of getting the good attacking stuff there where we're reliably dangerous and attack. But he's getting his stuff together to lay the platform for that. I, I'm very happy with the way that's going. He's not laying much of a platform. But anyway, we should now go to... Yeah, um, he is most... laying a platform. You think he's not. I think he is. <laughs> we should now go to the most <laughs> popular segment of the week, which is currently... Um, cloud of the week! <laughs> brought to you by no one. So if you want to sponsor this, sh- this segment of the show, <laughs> get yeah. in touch. Um, I was I was initially short of an ask clown this week, so I, so I put it out to um, some of the, the listeners of the show on Twitter, see if they had any suggestions for me. And... Um, the one I got back, which I liked, was from Hoosh, and that was um, Tim, your mate Bullfrog Richie, oh. with his with his sensational article about the uh, women's World Cup game. And uh, hang on, I'm just gonna find it. Yeah, no, I saw this. I I saw that. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great mate of mine, Bullfrog. Um, every time he comes down to Canberra, we make yeah, sure we Sam go and have Kers. a beer together. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him at Canberra Stadium? Sam Kerr's oh, yeah. last-minute withdrawal, a dishonest way to treat supporters. Sneaky and deceitful, Miss Tilders. Up yours to Australia. I mean... Yeah. Talk about trolling. Jeez. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's clickbait. Yeah, it is. It's Dean Ritchie is one of these people that you kind of forget that in, in this sort of era of hoops and, I guess, bars and Brett Reid, who's become pretty sensationalist, these days himself, you kind of forget that Dean Ritchie still exists. So I think he's sort of, as a case of a bit of sort of um, relevance um, deprivation syndrome, every now and then he just has to throw out something completely ridiculous, like the worst ever, you know, Queensland team and and all the rest of it. And Yeah. To, to gain our attention. Was he but the he, one that did the worst ever Queensland team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Bullfrog. Um, oh. It was a pretty rubbish team, but <laughs> still, still good enough to beat um, Freddie's, Freddie's now look, mate. This will this will hurt because he's a long time listener, ardent listener of the show, Bullfrog. Um, loves loves the show, um, old Dan Richie. Um, and you know Dean. he's often yeah, that's right, Dean. He's often <laughs> down at Canberra Stadium. Um, In and, the bowels. You know, yeah, he's a man of the people. Like he's shouting beers at the at the bar afterwards. He's got a lot of time for other. I'm pretty people. sure he's mate with. I'm pretty sure he's mates with Ricky. He he sure asks, he you know. Oh, all those old news with, limited guys are mates with Richie. Hangs out with all of the journos there and expresses and shares opinions and wants to know what we think. He doesn't put himself above us in any way, shape, or form, or separate us from him, or act like, like he's, yeah, act like he's more special Unlike than anyone else like me. So I, I don't like you like having a go at, at, at okay, at Bullfrog Dan. I've got another ask, man. When I was when I was rewatching. Um, some of the game this afternoon before recording the show, and um, this is another ask, man. And look, this is. This guy, you know, he's he's just he's just an honest um, Warriors supporter. Just you know, loves his team. Um, I'm sure he's not a terrible person, but you know when um, when uh, Adam Fanua Blake went through for mm-hmm. the for the for the the no try after Dylan Walker oh, passed pass. the ball <laughs> three minutes, and they they showed the the Warriors guy in the stand just absolutely oh yeah absolutely he was dumbfounded. The pass that I mean thrown three meters forward. But yeah, he's he's yeah. my other ask. Who have you guys got? Oh, look, it was hard for me to go past uh, Graham Annesley, but we've already done him in grinds my gears. Um, he's a perpetual yeah. ask, man. 
He's like he, he he really is a perpetual, and you know I, I want to mention Buzz as well. I don't know what he says because I don't read him, but he he's he's a perpetual ass clown as well. But look, I, yeah, honestly, perpetual ass clown. I'll tell you something. Buzz said actually, I li- I do listen to the Daily Telegraph podcast, and Buzz said that in 2016, um, Aaron Woods was the most feared prop in the game, which I definitely had. Right. A, <laughs> I had a good laugh. I had a good laugh about that. I don't think feared for. For hair ties, maybe. <laughs> well, wasn't David Fafita down at the Sharks way doing some pretty special things that year? Yeah, exactly. confident he was. <laughs> exactly. He Andrew. hates David Fafita. Yeah, yeah, David Fafita. <laughs> David Fafita is his brother, or he's got a place with Titans. Andrew Fafita, you mean him. Andrew, that's he, right. Um, yeah, but he yeah. hates Andrew Fafita. He hates Andrew because Andrew Fafita and Josh Dugan went on that podcast and bagged him out. Yeah. But it's the reason for that. He's a dickhead. Sharon Woods. No, my ass clan, it's got to be honestly after what happened. Um, and I, I also, who was the um, TMO? Who was the, the video ref? TMO, video ref. Using, using rugby union terms. It's five I've, in the I've morning told here, you about using rugby union terms. As I've told the pork about I me mean, talking about Collingwood, it's bad. I don't mind a bit of rah rah. It's bad. Pause. I know you don't mind it. But this yeah. is the show. Excuse me, not show. Okay, well, video referee. Who was the video ref in that game? Because for them not to, you know, oh, it was um, that, that can be my ass clown. It was no, it was um, Casey Badger, wasn't it? No, was it? It was. It was, I don't think it was. It was a dude for sure. I, I had a feeling it was Grant. Maybe it was Grant Atkins. Casey was Badger Grant. was against the Dragons, wasn't she? I know she's been recently. Casey, Casey would have called that. She would have called that for sure. For sure. Look, it's time for us to actually go and talk to talk about the Knights game that's coming up. It's a bit, it's a bit frightening, but um, they're a bit of a bogey team for us. And no one. I just hope play. it's not a nightmare. No one, no one. That's right. That's right. A nightmare. Um, no one can, um, you know, send send this team back into good form than us. So Caitlin Pong actually didn't play too badly last. But week, they are in good form, Tim. Hopefully it works in reverse. But they've won four in a row. Yeah, that but Ponga and Bradman Best are particularly in form. And and Gagai and Dominic Young and Greg Marge were relatively quiet in those matches. So they're due for a big one. They're, this back line they've got here of Ponga at the back, Dominic Young on one wing, Marju on the other wing. We got Gagai and Best in the centers. Tyson Gamble with that awful, awful haircut. Oh, and terrible. Jackson Hazing in, in the halves. That's that has the potential. Tyson Gamble. To, is absolutely crap. So put my he, he's, he's, first he's, try. He's not absolutely crap. He's not. He's, not he's, he's crap. utter crap. He's utter crap. So put my name to score at least one try. Maybe the first try. Maybe even two well, tries. Well, no, I'm Blake going with curse. I'm going with Phoenix Crossland, who we, Phoenix Crossland, who we've previously bagged. I know, is but in can, the number nine jersey. Can the curse strike? You know, it does. Can it strike more than once? Because we've we've well and truly had the the Phoenix what, Crossland what, curse in the past. What's Phoenix Crossland doing at nine? That's ridiculous. You got he's Jacob Saifidi. He's he's been going all right there. He's right, been well, going great, mate. Phoenix Crossland's defence on the weekend against Melbourne was exceptional. I think he right. made upwards of uh, you know fifty tackles or something. He he his online defence was fantastic. I, I watched that game quite closely there. The, the space that Caelan Ponga gives that left edge with Fitzgibbon into Best into Maju is really dangerous. They're electric right now. Uh, Best obviously has come back from that state of yeah. origin playing as good at, in the centre position as anyone has this season. It's like Correct. watching Talakai from last year. So 
we're really going to need um, Elliot Whitehead and Matty Tomoko to defend pretty strong on that side. And then, you know, and then they, they often go there on the fourth and then come back to Dom Young um, and yeah. Tyson Frizzell's speed on the other edge, his quick play of the balls. They're, they're a dynamic football team that played the best game they've played all year mm. on the weekend. So, but what we've been able to show over in New Zealand is we have a forward pack that can match it with anyone. And I think, not just match it with anyone, actually dominate. So if oh, we, we can... dominated. We dominated the Warriors pack, you know, for the first, we did. The first stint. Definitely. Much of it's going to, much of it, I think this weekend is going to come down to the interpretation of the ruck. They obviously, when attack, you want to play quick and you want to slow them down in defence. We we want to play a bit more of a slower game. I know they'll want to play a really fast mm. game, and it depends on the way that the referee interprets the ruck, I think. And well, playing it's... at home is going to help that. We've often struggled when we've gone up to Newcastle, but we actually play pretty <laughs> decent against them back home. Adam G is the ref, and he's fairly – I think he's one of the better refs. Um, he probably won't tolerate a lot of slowing down the ruck. He, he, he'll yeah. call it. So I'd say it's going to move a bit faster. They've got Jacob Saifidi and Leo Thompson in the front row, Phoenix Crossland. At hooker, Tyson Frizzell and Lachlan Fitzgibbon in the second row with Adam three legs, Elliot in the 13 jersey. God wish he would come home. Love him. Kurt Mann in 14, Brody Jones 15, Jack Hetherington in 16 and Matt Croker in 17. We're unchanged. So we got Chris at the back. We got Hopper on one wing, Rapana, Croker and Timiko in the centres, White and Fogarty in the halves, Papali'i Tarpane in the front row with Wolford, who hopefully will play more than 35 minutes this week. Hudson mm. Young, Elliot Whitehead in the second row, Corey Horsburgh at lock on the bench. It's Starling at 14, Gula at 15, Sami Solo at 16, Ata Mariota at 17. Um, Ada, I, I think he had, had brief minutes against... Um, yeah, against Warriors, but he looked good when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, he does. He looked like he bent line. If you could make one change to that team, Matt, right now, what change would you make to our side? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably, uh, looking at the reserves that we've got on the extended bench, I'd probably bring on um, Trey Mooney. Yeah, and uh, who would you and who would you bin for him? Probably Pasami Solo. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. Was, I mean, um, there is talk yeah. that Basami's um, defense, you know, is 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 one of the things they really like having yeah. in the team. For. He played, he he defended great earlier in the year when we we're up in Queensland at yeah. the beginning of the season. And but in the well, Warriors game, he had such little impact. I thought, like, and when he was running the ball, he's like, just there's just not much there. Whereas you know, Mooney against the Dragons, just just that punch off the bench. You know, I, know. I, I, I give us. The edge in the bench. I think you look at their forward pack, they're missing Daniel Saifidi. So Lee Tom- mm. Leo Thompson, who's actually having his best year, he's come on to start and that's brought Brody Jones back in. Brody Jones is a, like, he's a tough player, but he's not mm-hmm. that dynamic. Um, and Jack Etherington, we know, is probably more, um, you know, he's. If there's going to be a fight, <laughs> there's going to be a fight. Him and the horse just at each <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to And that. Matt, yeah, the other, the other Kroger. Scored against us last year. I know. So, I, I, um, I look the two, the two starting sides look pretty even to me. Um, but we've obviously got look, more dynamic got, props. Yeah, we've got the strength in the forwards, and I think that they've you know got an edge. Potentially got an edge, and I was, um, especially when it comes to speed in the back line. You know, and, and yeah, Bradman so. Best is 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 an absolute weapon and always plays well against us. Kalen Ponga, you know, always plays his best games of the year. Against us and 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Gay Guy um, turn back the clock and give Captain Croker a bit of a tough time as well. Um, mm. This is a very tough game. This is a very tough game. You know, in the game against the Warriors, you kind of go into that sort of we've got nothing to lose kind of attitude. And those are the games I'm sort of usually more confident that we might pull off an upset. Whereas this game, I'm feeling very nervous about. Yeah, I'm also feeling very, very nervous about this too. And it will come down to, you know, the old thing of don't make the errors. The side that makes the most errors in this match will lose. Uh, it, yeah. it, 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 you've got to hold the ball. So one of the things I'd like to see is Jamal Fogarty putting up those incredible bombs and getting Ponga off his game by having him drop a few of those babies. You know, we need to capitalise, get early points and, and stay in front for change, you know, actually, actually do well and win the arm wrestle, but, you know, make all our advantages count rather than letting them back in the side. You know, let's not let them get a try just for half time. you know, which is, it's such a motif for us this season. Let's not do that sort of stuff. Um, I want to see Jack just, when he gets the ball, just run the ball. Don't pass the ball, don't kick the ball, just run it. Run it hard like a maniac and make them tackle you. Then get a quick play of the ball. It's the most useful thing you can do for us now. Don't kick it, don't try and do a clever pass. Just use your incredible ability to run that ball and create havoc that way. And then make sure you're ironing out people in defence. Just do that and get the ball early to Matt Timoko and get him one-on-one with Dane Gagai. Is that who's... No, he's, he's on the wrong Bradman side. Best. He's on yeah, so, get, so, him, get, oh, get him one-on-one with Bradman Best early as you oh, possibly Timoko, can. Yeah. yeah, and see if um, Bradman Best has a good turning circle on him. Because i got a feeling here that while Bradman Best is a very powerful machine and takes no prisoners when he's running the ball. I want to see how he deals with a runner like Matt Timico with the speed and the strength that he has and how well mm. he comes up against that. I, you know, Best, because... Yeah, Best likes to show the outside shoulder and he likes to tackle, kind of give him a bit of pace and catch him, where T- Timico's strength is to cut back in. Um, yeah. So he's going to probably try and manipulate that space between him and Fitzgibbon. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's going to be an incredible game. I, You know, you have to think, we've got to try and put a bit of pressure on their halves, their kicking game is not going to be as good as ours, which is huge. Um, as long as often, only Jamal kicks the ball. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then their middle rotation. Um, I think we need to run all of our play at Phoenix Crossland and wear him out. And then um, Kurt Mann, actually, he's, he's, he's been below average this year um, when he's been playing. So once he comes on, I think we need to try and manipulate that as well. So our, our middle rotation is going to be stronger than theirs. And that's the way that we have to play, kick to the corners, defend strong, and then take our opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, I think playing at home, Fogarty's kicking game is just getting better and better and better. You know, kicking to the posts, his high kicking game, his low kicking game, his ability to be able to put their uh, back five or back three, five metres out, um, and really take away that dynamic attacking play. You know, they, they end up having to put more energy into set up sets of six as opposed to attacking sets of six and, and then just not give away too many six agains. That's what really sapped us on the weekend against the Warriors is yep. it's just constant six again, six yeah. again, six again. And, yeah. And I, I feel that's that's what helped, you know, them in the first half. Six agains and, and seven uh, tackle sets. Was, yeah. Oh, my really, God. Really, you know, really got just it really does add things. up. It adds up. Look, yeah. before before we get into uh, and have a bit of rip in with a certain person, it is worth noticing there's four ex Knights players in the Raiders side that's going up against the Knights in in Solo, Starling, Hudson Young, and Jay Tarpanay all were up at the Knights before they came to the Raiders. Hudson Young, you know, never actually played first grade though at the Knights. 
No, I they even played. I don't think they even played reserve grade. They played like jersey flag or something. Yeah, but they were in the system. You know, there's there's four of them that were up they've, there. They've they're been <laughs> they've been to Marathon Stadium. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they had some been... chicken. They had some chicken from Henny Penny once. Yeah, yeah. I had to go um, to Henny speaking Penny. Speaking of people for, who like hanging out at Henny Penny and McDonald's and other places, um, mm. Adam O'Brien once again he sent in a piece. Yeah, good old boys. It's Newcastle Knights coach Adam O'Brien here. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to the game on Saturday. You know, it's, finally the boys have got a bit of confidence. You know, we've won a few in a row. And I think the big part of it is just having that spine there together for once. You know, they've been able to play four or five games in a row now. Um, with KP and you know, Tyson Gamble and Jacko Hastings. And then Phoenix has been going well as well. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And it's just something we haven't had the last couple of years. We haven't had that stability in the spine. So, yeah, um, we're feeling pretty good about the footy we've been playing, you know, four in a row and... Yeah, like I saw a stat, I think it was yesterday, that I think we've scored 76 tries this year and um, you blokes have scored 59, so fuck me, how are you six points ahead of us on the ladder? It's a funny game, but yeah, look, we always have good clashes against the Raiders, uh, we've had a bit of success there, um, what a fuck me, what about that game last year with um, uh, Newcastle product, Hudson Young scoring that arsey tron full time, um, I nearly jumped out of the greenstand after that one, but yeah, um, we've had some good ones over the years, and um, yeah, just confident with where we're at, and yeah, we respect what the Raiders can do. They got big boys um through the middle there, and we're gonna have to meet fire with fire in the middle, or you know, we're not gonna allow our backs to do what they can do. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on, boys. I'm confident in our chances, but may the best team win. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the game. Is it just me, or does Adam O'Brien sound a bit like Anthony Seabold? He really does sound a you bit think, like Anthony. Mind you, they're they, they're at, you know they both go to Macca's late at night. They could be. I don't. They could. I don't breathe when they talk. <laughs> that freaks me out. <laughs> they might be. They might be half brothers. A strange half brothers. A strange half brothers. Strange. Someone else who's who's a bit strange. Very um, strange. He keeps on coming back. He keeps on sending in pieces. It does we keep on and sent 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 down some honey, which uh, I should point out. Matthew is very grateful for. Um, uh, it's uh, time to rip in with Arnie J. G'day Raiders fans. Pretty ordinary loss in the end last week, but I'm sure the boys will go through that in forensic detail as usual. We have the Knights this week, and I was at the away game in Newcastle, which was a disappointing loss earlier in the season. They've been in reasonable form the last six weeks, beating up on some of the lesser teams in the Dogs, the Storm and the Tigers, and an honourable 20-12 to loss to Penrith. So how do we win? The bulk of their run metres from their back five recently have come from Best and Marju. 
So kick away from them and line them up when they are taking the tough carries in their red zone. They are reasonably well balanced as far as run meters goes in the forwards with no clear props eating huge meters like our taps and papa. So we have the opportunity to really limit their middles and their go forward. In attack, Hastings and Ponga are the two men that will lead most of it. We also need to watch very closely Frizzell out wide and his quick play the balls. They can get some good attacking uh, play off that, off the back of Frizzell with those quick play the balls. As far as we go, we need to get much better in attack. We're still clunky and, and look, you know, look out of sorts sometimes, which is a bit uh, bit of a worry this late in the season. We have the middles that, you know, most top four teams would love to have and our backs have simply not been good enough to score points on the back of it. The weather outlook is pretty chilly on Saturday afternoon, but it should be fine and sunny. Hopefully we see some good footy and another win, and go, you green machine. Well, I've got to tell you, the honey's good. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, the honey. Good. The opinion's not be good. The honey might be good. It's what he puts in there that I'm worried about. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah maybe. Yeah, the extra ingredient is love. <laughs> oh yeah, a whole extra lot of love. A whole love. a spoonful, a spoonful of loving. Yeah, um, a, it's a whole lot of love. it's time to look at. Who's on extended the bench? Who's on the extended bench? This is a very competitive week for the extended bench. I got to tell you, for the Raiders, we've got Nick Cottridge in the eighteen jersey. We've got Matt Frawley in the nineteen. We got Trey Mooney in the twenty. Ethan Strange, the Wonderkid, coming up in the twenty-one, and Asamoa in the twenty-two. So Hardwick's Nick Cottridge, he's got to be at least a cut Hardwick and a half. Hardwick and a half, purely on the fact that he's played he, one game of um, State of Origin. And he's played for Australia. Uh, Matt Frawley, he's got to be a hard week and a half. No. Right? No. How can no. he be a hard week and a half? Matt? We're, we're, undermining, we're undermining Kevin. Kevin Hardwick. He's, he's a hard week or right. even a half He's a hard not week. even a hard week. Okay. Kevin no, Hardwick. He's a, hey, Matt Frawley is a hard week. He's absolutely Tim, a hard week. Tim, Kevin Hardwick played over 150 games in one of the toughest eras of rugby league. Yeah, how, many hard to, did how many Hardwicks is Bale Kevin Hardwick? It's one. And do a perfect kicking game and win <laughs> against Manly in a match we were expected to get flogged in. No, he didn't. Matt Frawley did. He's a hard. Trey so Mooney, we're, half a Hardwick. Tra- no, he's a hard. No, oh, half, no a half a Hardwick. Ethan so Strange, no Hardwicks. Half a Hardwick. No Hardwicks. No, no Hardwicks. No. Michael no Osamoa, well, no Hardwicks. Yeah, okay. So we're up to three hard weeks. Then you go to them. They got Dylan Lucas, zero hard weeks. No hard weeks. Dylan Lucas, do you know where he's from? I do not. Bigger. Right, bigger. Yeah. All right. So just like, um, uh, what's his name? Finucan. Uh, we got Anari Tuala, half a hard week. We got Simi yeah. Sasagi, who I believe is the the talkers. He was Raiders bound, half a hard week. Miller is a hard week. Oh, Jack Jones, is he really half a hard week? Is he definitely is a hard week? Is Lachlan Miller really a hard week? We Would you have him, him at our club, club right now? I'd absolutely yeah. have him right now. For today. Okay. He's available. So, yeah, right. So he's available. So there's Jack Johns. I mean, should one be one and a half. Hang on. How much did you give Jack Johns? Because he's got a pretty, you know, he's like in terms half of hard. like pedigree, he's got some a pretty good bloodline. Because um, he, I think he's Cooper John's brother. He is. <laughs> um, so he's um, so he's half a hard week. Lockie Miller's a full hard week. Are we giving Simisaki a half Hardwick or no Hardwicks? 
Not Hardwick. No, he's played. He's okay. played. Talk he's to... played NRL. So I think if you played a game that's half a Hardwick, I was saying okay, Ethan Strange and Michael Hardwick gets half a Hardwick. Yeah. So that's one, and Dylan Lucas is zero Hardwick. So we got one, two, two and a half to the Raiders three. So the Raiders actually win the extended bench. So there you go. Who would have thought? Wow. Who would have thought? I didn't when I was initially looking, but you guys are very hard on the Hardwicks. Very, very well, hard. Well, the people, the there's been a lot of feedback from listeners saying that you are far too generous with your Hardwicks. There's been quite and a bit been of feedback showing... from the viewers that say, there's been quite listeners. a lot of feedback from the listeners, listeners saying that you're an arsehole. <laughs> and I, I find it hard to rebut that. I really <laughs> do, because quite frankly, you are. Who? Looking at our entire, looking at our entire site, not just the reserves, who would be the most Hardwick Raider? I'm looking at him right now. There's, there is one Raider who is like a Hardwick. He's one Hardwick, and that's exactly what Hardwick was for that side. It's Emre Gula. <laughs> Emre's a Late long way grade. off, a long way off getting the full Hardwick. <laughs> Get back to me when he's played another 100 games. That's all okay. But, uh, well, talking about that then. Who's got a lift? Ooh. Um, again, for me, it's Jack. And the way Jack lifts is by not passing and by not kicking, running hard, tackling hard. That's how I want you to play, Jack. I want you to play that because that's where you live. That's the best place. That's what I want you to do. Who have you got for us, Matthew? Uh, yeah, Jack's a good one. I think Jared is probably another this one. Is, Jared this is pointless. There's pointless to say Jared Croker's got a lift because he can't. Like he's giving, oh, he, he's did giving the, he did against the Roosters. He played great against the he's Roosters. Giving all, so. He's giving, it, his failings are not through effort. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, he can't lift. He's, he's giving all he can, but you know, he's, his limitations are a result of, of age and, and brokenness. Yeah. Well, I just think we need him to play one of his better games this weekend. Or who, who have you got then, Blake? No, I've got, I'm not going to single anyone out. No, I I think really overall our our if our, our whole team needs to lift a little bit and yeah. if they do, you know, I think we can definitely win this one and and if we win this one then we're going a long way to not just being in the top eight but even you know maybe giving them that top four shape. In terms of who has to play better in order us to um, get the result in this game, Tom Starling's got to be better. I mean, whether that's a case of lifting or trying hard or whatever, but I mean his passing needs to be better. You know, his service needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Or but. picking up a knock before the game. Tim. <laughs> and who are you bringing in? Who are you bringing in? I Who's on the extended bench? I, is this the week? Uh, and is this smoke screen? Matt Frawley. There's that, Matt no, Frawley there's back no. at nine. Apparently he was brilliant last time we played there, Tim. <laughs> you, you know, you know, he was. He was fantastic. You know what? I would like he wasn't at all gassed at the twenty minute mark and came off holding his size. I didn't see that personally myself. Um you know, if, if I was going to have a smoky this week, and it's not going to happen, but if I was going to have a smoky this week, oh, I'd love to see the young five-man Ethan Strange just drop up into the side all by, you know, and have one of those 20-minute cameos that blows people's doors off and say, do you remember the time when Ethan Strange... Like Supermax debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I'd, I'd love to see that that come up. You know, I really would. I'm, I'm getting pretty excited about Ethan and the Colonel, you know. I can just see it coming up it's, it's just very good i'm very he's, excited about it he's actually playing uh six in uh reserve grade this weekend ethan Strange. yeah well he was a six he, he was a six yeah. and then he started playing center and you know he's done really well at center um you know what's interesting looking at the nrl website is you can look at obviously the the team lineup for this weekend and 
you can see the extended bench like we just went through and they actually mm -hmm. get, go down all the way down and they give you the, the officials so you can look at the touchies um the main head official referee blah blah who's blah. our video ref we've got adam g as the referee yeah. and, mm -hmm. um Stone and Sharp at the touchies and Grant Atkins, your old mate. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind, Grant. I don't mind Grant in the bunker. But if you go to last week's game, this is my <laughs> point, they do not show you who the officials were for the games that have been played. Only the ones that are being played. So if yeah. I want to go back and yell at whoever was that made that decision, you can go and look at all the stats, but they've wiped off who was the officials, which is... It's like 1989. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, when I was making all the complaints about the uh, the trainers on the field and pointing out that in their very own operations manual that they were going against their own operations manual, just ignoring it. Do you know what their response was? They took down the operations manual so you couldn't see it anymore. <laughs> That's what they did. That was oh, their response and they, to the whole thing. So, and they came back with the rules pamphlet. Yeah, the rules pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Listener of the yeah, week. It's very good. Listener of the week. I don't know no, if it's... no, no. But no, hang on, hang on. There are reasons to be oh, cheerful. Oh, of course there are. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. You know what my reason to be cheerful is? Um, good friend of the show, Danny Stewart, informs me that he's done the ladder predictor. Mm -hmm. And even from here, if we only beat the dogs and tigers, we'll still make the, the top eight. Oh, that's fantastic. So I think it's uh, fantastic. You know, touch wood. And obviously a win this week would, would go a long way to ensuring a spot in the top eight. And I'm still hopeful of, you know, maybe would have been nice to have beaten the Warriors. You know, that would have given us a real shot at the top four. But uh, I'd still like to mm -hmm. uh, maybe a fifth or a sixth and maybe getting mm -hmm. a home final week one would be very good. Look, look, look. But here's, here's the thing. And look, that that's the lowest thing of only just beating those two sides there, right? And it would have been nice. But if we beat the Knights, we beat the Tigers, you know, I think we're due for a loss against the Storm, unfortunately, down there. I just think we are. Then beat the Bulldogs and then jag one against the Broncos at home and then go up to the Sharks. We know we can get top four. The reason to be cheerful is at this time of the season, it is actually in our own hands. Our fate is in our own hands yeah. to make the top four. It is actually in our own hands. And that's a very big reason to be cheerful. Absolutely. And I give us a red hot chance against Brisbane. We, mm. I think we match up pretty good against certain styles of football. Um, and this game on the weekend, I think, is is a bit of a banana peel. But um, yeah, I actually do think that we we can beat um, Brisbane at home. Um, and then the Sharks, who knows, they might, their season might be done by the time we play them away. And we've, we've, as everybody knows, listen to this, we've got a great record against the Sharks. So... Mm. I mean, two. Is it, um, what is it up to? Nine point. in a row, ten in a row. I think it's nine in a row now. It's a, it's a lot. Every time it's, we, every time we beat the Sharks, um, I send a DM to to your man, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan <laughs> Cow on Instagram, and uh, he just leaves it unseen. But I know he <laughs> sees it. He never, he never replies, but he sees it. He definitely sees it for sure. Um, no, my reason to be cheerful is just this season. You know. People were death riding us after five weeks, and then yeah, we've lost a couple of games, but we've also won a couple. We've we've actually been pretty fun to watch, and and some of our fringe first graders are now, you know, cemented in. Hopawati, Seb, Chris, they're they're fantastic for the club, and and um, I'm I'm excited to see us, you know, give this this last third of the season as we broke down last week a shake, and and then see who we play in the finals. I, I don't fear anyone. I think, you know, Penrith throw a lot of shape and that's the one side that we do struggle against and we have but i think anyone else in the top eight if you look at the ladder we've we've beaten brisbane 
Um, we probably should have beaten the Warriors. We we can beat Melbourne and do often. We've beaten Cronulla. Uh, North Queensland are there, but you know who knows what happens. We've beaten Parramatta. We've beaten South Sydney. It's mm-hmm. we we could beat everyone on their day, and and I don't think we're getting enough credit. You know, everyone's talking so yeah. highly about the Warriors but, and how good they're going. But we, we only, only, we only kick just one of those goals at the end of the match, and we'd be third. So we only just beat the Dogs and the Tigers. You know, not that long ago. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and wins teams win. lose to other teams, but we're what what we've proven is that you know we're in the fight and we can win close games. You know, people are saying we weren't fit enough. Look what happened in the last five minutes of that game on the weekend away from home. So, people were saying at the start of uh, people were saying at the start of the season, and I think I was definitely one of them that Corey Horsburgh wasn't fit enough, and maybe he didn't have a future in first grade. Now, oh, mate, now he's busting out, year, he's busting out seventy minutes and making sixty tackles. Yeah, I know, incredible, amazing. Uh, amazing. Listener of the week, so, we've got a listener of the week, and it's Gangrenous. From the greenhouse, who may hopefully hasn't been listening the week before, um, and he pointed out to me that we didn't actually do our re- uh, research very well on the, um, you know how we said no teams ever finished in the top four with a negative for and against. Um, mm-hmm. Cowboys did in two thousand and seven, and they finished third with a differential of minus seventy one. So oh wow yeah yeah. Mm. Mm. So I think they had good yeah. attack that year, but their defense, they got touched up a few times. Like our 2016, uh, which was, yeah, not very good at all. Where, But our attack was brilliant, but our defense was just appalling. So, you know, very similar to that. But obviously we didn't get, what did we get to in 2016? We got to fourth, didn't we? Yeah, we lost the premium. No, we got, no, we got, no, we got second. Yeah, and we had the home second. final against the Sharks. And no, the defense was pretty good. When we were in that run in the back end of the season, the defense was pretty good. Um on the merchandise front, rugbyleaguemerch.com apparently is down. They're upgrading their site, so you can't buy a T-shirt this week. But you can, of course, still buy one of our wonderful um, Raiders by 56 beanies. And to grab one of those, uh, www.landspeed.com.au. Or if I'm in the shop, come by and, and just ask me and I'll grab you one. Um, also, if you're listening to the show, whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's um, iTunes or Spotify, subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode. And if you get a chance, um, leave us a nice review or an interesting review mm-hmm. or any kind of review at all. We we pray for your adulation. We want your feedback. We want to know you're actually out there listening, you know, because sometimes it's hard to believe that anyone is actually out there listening. But, you know, give us your adulation. Get online, you know, justify your love. That's reasonable, isn't it? It is. It is coming yeah, up good. after this after yeah. this weekend. Um, we've got another home game, two home games in a row. Against, we do. It never happens, the mighty we... Tigers before we go away to the Storm, and then what's after that one? Uh, then after the Storm, we come home to the Bulldogs on Sunday, the twentieth of August. Before also having another home game on Saturday, twenty sixth of August against the Bronx. Before we finish out against the Sharks, so we have two away matches in these last rounds: one to the Sharks and one to the Storm. But apart from that, we've got one, two, three, four home matches yeah, on the run. The only if, thing that concerns we... me about that is, isn't our um, away record better than our home record this year? <laughs> it it mm-hmm. is. But, yeah. you know, it's that's also coming into winter. And I think the boys are probably looking forward to being at home. And, you know, certain teams are coming. They don't like coming to Canberra. I know Brisbane, they always complain about it. So, look, I, I, I think we can definitely give the cop a shake. And I... I you know, I think we're now getting a little bit more um, 
solid what is it solidity in our lineup it's the same lineup this week yeah continuity one change the yeah continuity thanks mate there's only been one change over the last few weeks with Nicky Kotrick now dropping out so these boys are getting more minutes together they're playing a lot more together and um yeah I I I think we can get on top this weekend we just need to start strong which we we have to admit we've started pretty strong this season we've usually you know we've scored a few how many tries have we scored in the first set or second set in this this year it's been phenomenal it's been a few yeah yeah so hopefully we we win the toss receive the ball and score a try in the first three minutes and and, Wouldn't that and be nice? Push on from there, yeah. Yeah, but I'd settle it all, you know, for just not letting the opposition score for a change. Just wouldn't that be nice? You remember those yeah. heady days back in 2019 where we held sides to zero three times? Yeah, good uh, times. Good times. Really loved it. Anyway, you have been listening to Canberra uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Paul. Before we podcast, go, podcast formerly known as- one more what? thing as well. Sunday, Kipax. Jesus oh, yeah. play again, um, New South Wales Cup, head along. And the Reggies. Yeah, yeah get, come up, along. get along. It's always a good time at Kipax. Um, and I guarantee you a whole bunch of the first grade squad usually rocks up as well. It's there to support the guys. So, you know, get along and, and uh, a bunch of the players. That's right. And, um, and if you're lucky, you'll make sightings of Blake, the Pork, and, of course, the Shark. Yeah. Um, and we'll be there signing Raiders by 56 beans for anyone who wants to uh, to buy them. Um, just come look for us. We'll be near the sausage sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast. Raiders View with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And I'm excellent. We'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.